Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Pack filler. Pack filler. I'm Pat Bolger. I'm Mark Hudson. Pack filler. Welcome to another episode of the Pack Filler Podcast, home to every bad or dumb ass who's ever straddled a top tube. You can be a part of the show on Facebook. Twitter, or dumb old email at info at packfiller.com. Listen while working, training, or just sitting and sipping a cold one. And now your hosts, Pat Bulger and Mark Hobson. Okay, I, d- I did the rhyme thing again. Okay. All right. I, mean, I guess see if I can do it, because I, I haven't practiced this one to the beat yet, okay? Shit, I'm going to do this one. We both like bikes. To ride is truly fun. Mark even occasionally throws in a swim and run. We might drink in studio. We promise it's not Miller. It's Pat and Mark time, also known as Pack Filler. Hey, hey, bitch. (laughs) Welcome to the only podcast currently considered an alternative to blood boosting. In the Pack Filler studios, I am Pat Bulger. I'm Mark Hudson. Hi, everybody. It's been, actually, we've been on schedule. It's been only two weeks. About two weeks, yeah. Yeah, so we've actually uh, doing what we promised. Uh, Thanks to, I can't remember his name, uh, the gentleman from Ireland who sent me a note saying, what the hell, did you guys quit? You guys not doing it anymore because the month of May, the month of May is always kind of lame. For you. I admit. I, I get life gets in the way and I get kind of bullshit. And next thing I know, you're looking at me going, uh, show? Show? And I'm going, oh, yeah, shit. I forgot. We have this high ranking money making machine that I am neglecting. Clearly. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, before we get into it too far, thanks to, uh, got to mention the Sufferfest putting me uh, through the ringer big time these days. On the training program, uh, the, uh, Dave McQuillan and, um, oh, God, I can't remember the name of the coaching. Uh, the coaching guy that he's working with put together the training programs. It's No, it's, I, it's a Sufferfest program, so it's, I mean, he's, uh, he's kind of getting a perk if I mention his name. But. We'll get it by the end of the show. Absolutely. Um, and these these training programs are awesome. They've been brutal, though, and I'm I'm about four weeks in. And it's it's been difficult because it I have to admit writing outside mixing it when the days that I'm supposed to be doing a video inside going outside and doing stuff so I'm I'm paying attention to the program but I'm not really sticking a hundred percent to it but anyway Dave McQuillan all those guys putting out a really cool training program all different levels I gotta you gotta get one of those and try it out uh, try rubber glove if you haven't tried it out yet FTP test on that and Dave is promising a new video on really soon so I'm looking forward to that uh, thanks to Road ID once again click the link I now have a green one. My road ID is green. 
I don't have it on right now, but it's green. Huge thanks to Road ID. Yeah. I have every reason to thank Road you ID. You do. Do we want to mention that now? Or do no, we we'll do it later. Okay, but we'll I have we'll. huge, I mean, yeah, huge props to Road ID. Yep. What a supporter of all the sports. Absolutely. Uh, and finally, uh, shout out to our friends at Fellow Minotti. Uh, I was talking to Frank the other day, if you heard one of the last shows. Okay, I'm going to make a really loud noise from my mic stand. Isn't that horrible? I thought that was gas. It was, but I'm blaming it on the mic stand. Sure. Actually, now it's too low, so I... Shit! It's gas. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, oh man, that hammer gel is just... Oh, oh God, the blueberry, that sucks. <laughs> oh, God, it's making me so gassy. Uh, Velominati, Frank, they have the their book out now, The Rules. Disciples Guide. And it is freaking awesome. I haven't seen it yet because it's it's only available online through a uh, international distributor, unfortunately, because it's produced in in England. But the, uh, the thing about the rules are they're solid. Absolutely. I mean, you, know, oh, I mean you can't. I mean, I would like to. I mean, I'm I'm all for bucking rules and and negotiating. No. However, yeah. these are good rules. Yeah, these they are, are. They're solid. Yeah. And what I love about them is, you know, yeah, some of them are are a little bit silly, but um, but, the, but that's one. why. I, well, that's what I love about them, though, is there – I mean, if you stick – the sock rule, okay, um, height of sock rules. Yeah. I am a sock Nazi. I don't like the super high ones, the mid – the kind of mid-lower calf ones. I don't like those, but no. I see a lot of guys wearing them. It's a little high. So It is a little high. I'm and, more of an 80s length. Yeah, I am too. And I, yeah. I tend to lean more towards white socks than black socks, but that's – you know, Velominati says it's okay. White socks are okay. Black socks are okay. Yeah, white socks are not okay. Used to oh, no, black, white is okay too. White's okay. Yeah, too. It used to it used to always be white socks though. Yeah, I remember the eighties where it was it was in the rule book. Shorts had to be black, socks had to be white. Although I do like the Velominati rule that says that shorts still need to be predominantly black. Are we within that rule? We are panels. Side panels are okay as long as the side panels match the jersey. Which is what we have. Yeah. Which yeah, is we're exactly. predominantly black. Yeah, we're good. We're good. All right. So uh, be sure and check that out. Go on uh, Amazon and check out the rules, the Illuminati rules. I know that is out, and they are shipping worldwide. So uh, test that one out. So here we are. Let's get caught up. It's been a busy two weeks. Sure has. Um, I think we should start off with, with your little giggity, your little deal. Uh, well. You did not finish. I'm gay. Oh. oh, sorry. You mean, oh, something else. The other one. Oh, the other deal. Oh, Shit. sorry. My, you were going giggity. I was saving that one. I'm not even gay. Darn it. Um, <laughs> okay. It's just, it's just so much fun to say on there. Um, it uh, it's like, oh, I can't. I can't say it because I shave my legs. I teach drama and I own a poodle. So people just look at you and they go, well, uh, what's the sham of your marriage? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, Same with me. I yeah. mean, but I don't own a poodle. I don't teach drama. Yeah. But I, I do go to plays occasionally. No, we okay. did the uh, Founders Day Triathlon. Put it on. Uh, we had... You don't need to say we. I was just a glorified puppet. Well, and that's the funny thing about the about the race, which is so funny, because the year prior, we had a triathlon. A few more participants the year before, and, and I think if anybody heard my rant about how I felt about it, I was I was pretty angry with how people showed up and treated me when they they kind of treated everything like the race was supposedly about them. Now this yeah. year, I I would really I hated the race. I hated doing it. I hated putting it on. I didn't want to do it. Last year you no did. no this year oh. this year I was dreading it. I didn't want to do it and absolutely had a blast the entire day. Yeah. And a lot of that is due to you and. Um, Erica and Alex and Rob and the people that showed up to help out this year would have loved to have Kurt. I, I don't think I really communicated very clearly with Kurt. So, oh. um, it, Kurt has never bailed on me once in his life. So I don't think it's Kurt Dupuis problem. I don't think he knew. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. I talked to him earlier in the year and then we just, I oh. never talked to him and I, oh. I thought, you know, I've got, I've got everything dialed in. I didn't want to bother him cause he's doing all that stuff with Newton. So, yeah. uh, so I decided, ah, we're good. So I, I left him alone, but. You know, I mean, Kurt Kurt has always been an asset and always would love to have him as part of this race. But it's funny because last year, the difference was you actually had another gig. Yeah, I was over. You had another gig, and Kurt was only able to show up in the morning. And so I had good setup. I okay. Good setup. Kurt helped me out a ton. 
By the way, the name of the podcast, in case you want to experience that actual moment for our listeners, was Rage Taking Over Mark Smash, which is the actual what I gave to the title of that podcast. So if you want a little back reference, hit stop, listen to that show, and then come back and listen to this. I would actually like to listen to that show. (laughs) Your rant is perfect. I was pretty mad. (laughs) And uh, so this year, it's funny. Like, I mean, here's the way it went. I mean, last year... I had Erica got the day wrong. Now, Erica's been our traditional timer. Um, she's a smart girl, yeah. does a good job. Erica's been our traditional registration and timer. She got the day wrong, didn't show up. Oh, shit. You had a gig. I was You gone. didn't come. Yeah. Um, we had some <laughs> issues with, with other things surrounding the race. I mean, literally, I had to pull people where I could. I had a timer, with, and he was a nice guy, great guy, always willing to help out. A timer sitting at in the shade away from the finish line, timing with a cigarette. <laughs> I'm not joking. I mean, we had... What's your number? Yeah, what's your number? Jesus, come right. Would come you go through here. again? I didn't <laughs> see your number. Um, so, you know, we had all these, these issues and mad people and everything. So it was funny. When you show up and Erica shows up and Alex and Rob are, are there and we're all on our game... Like I was saying to, to you, I said, you know, it's just having you here to announce. I mean, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything. It doesn't – This is, I'm just sitting here. Yeah, but if you do one thing that takes five minutes that I don't have to do, just five minutes, that's five minutes that just freed up yeah. somewhere else. And so somebody showing up and just taking a few minutes out of your time and doing it well to where I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. I, as a race director, that is probably the most important thing I could ever think of, and 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 I'm so grateful for that this year. I, I think as a race director too, for those uh, out there listening to it who have done that job, a race director has to be the kind of a person who's willing to delegate, but not helicopter the person you've delegated to. You know, so I'm okay. I'm putting you in charge of transition. You're going to be in charge of that. And then I'm 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 going over here. I got to get the hell out of here. I got to go do something else instead of those people who just delegate and then watch and make sure you're doing it right or something like that or do it all themselves and are totally stressed out. I've it's so weird traveling to so many races throughout the year and seeing the different type of race director and uh, how some people are so stressed out. I've been up for for 36 hours straight stuffing packets and all that kind of thing. Well, why don't you get some fucking volunteers to do that? You know, or why don't you know why what are you doing? Why aren't you getting a crew in charge of this? Because there are people standing around. And, and I, what I was happy to see about that race last weekend was that you had a group of people who were like, well, the, the signs need to be adjusted. And they mm-hmm. just go and do it. They wouldn't check with you first. Exactly. And that was the best part about the race was the people we had didn't need to be babysat. Yeah. And so that's why it felt good as a race director because last year I did have babysit people. And yeah. so like I would give a task. Like, could you marshal this corner? Yeah, I'll marshal this corner. Now you need to flag people. After five riders came through, they came back oh, from the corner. Oh, so now shit. I've got an unmanned corner. Oh, you know, shit. Instead, we've got everything, you know, I mean, so you're, you're looking at, at huge problems where this year I, you give a task. Like if I say, hey, Pat, you know, we're running a little lean up there. Could you go look at transition? Done. Yeah. And, and I know while I'm down checking a ramp that yeah. – Everything's fine. Yeah. You know, everything is going to be taken care of. And, and if there's a problem, I'll know about it or it'll be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I was I was so, you know, I, I, it was one of those, for those of you who obviously are never going to touch, set foot in this area or this region, it was one of those, you probably traveled to it, really small town, not a big race. Um, it could be bigger, but I, I think we agreed that it shouldn't get too big. Um Small town community, everybody's kind of behind it, and it was just, it was fun. It was relaxed. Every, you know, there's this parade going on in another area of the town, and, and, uh, it, it's, it's a really fun little feel, and it's those kind of races that I would, I'm going to se- seek out in my, when I want to compete. Sure. It's one of those ones where it's like, you know, hey, my, my prize was, 30 bucks and a, and a medal made by a kid at a grade school or something in town. Yeah. You know, those kind of races, I love those things. And I, I think that is so much more enjoyable for me personally than going, wow, you know, I got a 
freaking new set of wheels. You know, I'd love a new set of wheels, but it, I don't know. I like those smaller town races. Well, I also and the to, community was really behind it. The community was behind it, especially like I look at the fire department. And the oh sheriffs. my god, yeah. You know, the fire department wasn't thrilled about our transition, which has been the same transition for 25 years. Yeah. But the fire department, I think there's a new chief, and he's like, I don't love your transition. I said, I, I said, there's nothing I can do about that right now. I said, I understand that, and, and, yeah. and I'll do anything in the future. But the race had already started. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said, no, the race was five minutes away from yeah. starting. I said, there's nothing I can do about it. I said, well, there's something I can do about it. And I thought, oh, boy. And yeah, he's like, shut you down. No. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, oh boy. And he was—he'd been so cooperative, and and I had told him before, and I'm like, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Yeah. You know. Instead, he just took the initiative, brought a truck over with sirens, and shut the road down. Yeah. Um, for us, he's like, no. I, he's like, I have the power to shut that road down, and yeah. who's really going to be inconvenienced? Shit. No. And he totally—he totally took care of it. Now we're gonna—we're gonna actually coordinate with him next year and and get it dialed into where he he doesn't have to make that on the spot decision. I think, you know, there's some assumptions that God, when the, you do them transition for 25 years, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Um but, you know, either way, his approach I really appreciated was I'm going to facilitate your race. Yeah. I'm not going to I'm not going to get into a pissing contest. Yeah. And and there was no way I would have won that e- either way. I mean, oh, he would have shut no. us down right there. Exactly. So I mean, but he just I, looked at you and said, I, "I hey, I see this problem, and uh, by the way, here's my solution. If you're cool with it, we're just going to shut the road down for you, for you. Not yeah. I'm going to ch- take over your race. I'm going to shut the road down for you. Okay. Well, this is the same department that had that that commandeered, literally commandeered an ambulance at no cost to us. There's private ambulances in Spokane County." Um, commandeered a private ambulance and made sure that the ambulance parked in a handicapped spot near there, had paramedics on either side of the swim. It's a point-to-point swim. Had paramedics on either side of the swim and provided a Zodiac with another Zodiac as an option. For There was a Zodiac on the water with two paramedics on the water. So we had... I mean, and we had a boat plus two kayaks and, and plenty no, of... No, it was you know, dialed. It was dialed in as far as safety on the swim, which is what you want as, yeah. a, as a race director. The swim's the most dangerous part. So, I mean, we even had someone who took advantage of the kayaks, too. So, I mean, it was good that we had people in the water and the Zodiac and everything else. And so I can't say enough good things about the fire department other than they were in the position to make it happen at no cost. Yeah. At no cost. That's huge. I mean, that is unheard of, and I can't thank them enough. So last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the value of a race versus the entry fee. Sure. Okay. Um, for, entry fee for the Founders Day 2013 was? $45. $45, okay. If you're with a club, any club, $35. Okay, $35, okay, for a triathlon. Um, for those of us thinking in terms of cycling, put that into, put that into perspective. Um, clear course... No, it was not chip timed, but it was accurately timed. Um, yep. And uh, transportation over to the swim start. Yep. Um, you guys had water. You had um, Gatorade. Gatorade. You had uh, food. You even had food at the finish. Yep. And you had prizes. Yep. Not including the fact that I recall walking around handing out road ID gift certificates certificates at the end of the race with swag yeah yeah all kinds of swag you know free road ids yep. thank you to road id by the way good yeah. god yeah and that's where it comes in road id yeah. we had them we had we had everybody got a finisher's medal yeah. we had ribbons we had we had t-shirts um yeah it was, it was a good deal and now oh and cash prizes and cash prizes by yes. the way i think every race promoter is missing the boat even though cash prizes are money out of their pockets because people give away equip um merchandise prizes because usually they get it either cheaper for free. Yeah, but we get cash. I think the concept of cash prizes should be brought back into the equation. I think you get a lot more people attending your races if I knew I was going to be, okay, I spent 45 bucks, I got 32 back in prize money. Or, heaven forbid, I got 300 because I won the whole overall or something like that. I'm not saying that's overall what you're Overall paying, winners, but. it was a $45 entry fee, $35 if you were at the club. Overall winners got 50 bucks. Yeah, so you walked away making money. Well, that's the point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they, they made money. I mean, you're not going to, hey, thanks. Yeah. You paid me 10 bucks. Yeah. That's stupid. Well, and, and you know. But and it's that, not a lot of money. Either, my whole it, thing last week nice. was I would rather pay 45 bucks and just get a medal and nice people and, a, you know, a, 
maybe a $5 off-road ID gift certificate at the most. 45 bucks, I think, is fair for a triathlon. 45 bucks for a crit? You're getting a little high for me. You know, I, 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 it depends on the crit. I think $45 is unheard of for a triathlon. The problem with it, this In is terms if of being I, if too I, cheap. Well, in, it, the problem with $45 on a triathlon is if I were to get hit with permit fees and... The, the city helped you out, didn't the they? The city's always helped yeah. me out. And if I were to get hit with permits and fire department fees, I think I would, I would have a much more difficult time. The, the support of the city of Medical Lake is paramount. But I will also say I that have say, every I think that was penny, the... every penny that was yeah. made in that race went to Friends for Children. Now, it sounds like a terrorist organization. I understand that. Friends for Children. <laughs> Mambla. Uh, lovers for Peace. Um, you know, but it was Friends for Children. And, and what, this, what this charity is, and this is why I continue to work for this charity, is a bunch of people, and you met them. Yeah. You met them, and they're quirky. Oh, my God. It is, it is a cavalcade of just weirdness, and they're the nicest people you ever want to meet. But here's what happens. These people meet once a month. They all pay $5 for breakfast, and they hold these fundraisers, and they make anywhere from $600 to $5,000 at a pop. And what happens in a small town like Medical Lake, a kid writes to them and says, I need soccer cleats because mom can't yeah. afford it. And you guys have all seen the economy. It's not great. And guess what? They never turn a kid down. Almost never. I need to go here. I need to do this. They make it happen. Literally, a kid gets to play soccer because we went out and put on a triathlon. You know, we didn't make that much money with our triathlon. Eight hundred to a thousand dollars. Great. Yeah. That's what we netted. But I'll tell you what. You know, eighty kids get to play soccer this year. Yeah. Or not eight, but you know, eight. Eight kids get to play. So- not eighty. Eight kids get to play soccer because we showed up on a Saturday. Yeah. It's it's too bad that eight kids can't get cycling cleats, but that's a whole different story within itself. I'm working on it. No, um, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, that that's that's the state of the sport we're in and things like that. But um, great race, and it was a lot of fun. And the, I think the funniest part was going to the bar that I think still should be called Dirty Shame. It always you, will be. When you go into a pub and it's called Dirty Shame. This wasn't a pub. This was a bar. Man. It was a bar. It was a small town bar. And a man... man Member of the city council is buying us around, and um, oh yeah, all the locals are coming up. Mark's for those of you who don't know, Mark is some kind of minor celebrity in the city of Liberty Lake, not Liberty Lake. Oh shit, oh, Medical yeah. Lake. Yeah, and it was it was it was hilarious being in that bar after a triathlon. And but I that that was a lot of fun. And count me in for next year if you need it, man. I, I will say this: this year was fun. It was dialed in for the first time. I mean, the first time we went out and did it. This is this is also a piece. I mean, yeah. I'm probably taking up time now, but the funny part was Pat and I were out there at 6 a.m. the first time. I mean, we met at 6 a.m. Race start Race at starts at 2 p.m. 2. <laughs> and we were out there at 6 a.m. setting up buoys and getting everything ready. I think we had the, the road course set. It's a 12-mile road course set by 8 a.m. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were just, uh, you know, I mean, yeah. just cats. This year, we showed up, what, 8? You showed up at 10. I showed up at 11. Uh, it, was a, it was close to 11. I left the house around 10. Yeah. I was there at 8, 9. You know, we, we yeah. had it all set up. Everything was fine. We all sat around and just, I think we, we drank sodas. Which is bullshit for we a while. We literally yeah. drank, drank soda. Yeah. Not, not beer, but soda. No. We literally were sitting there drinking like Cokes. A slice of pizza. Yeah, and a slice of pizza. Yeah. Eating a slice of pizza around noon, you know, <laughs> taking in registration. It was, the, the race was not well marketed. Maybe never will be. And uh, you know what? We sat there. It was literally build it and they will come. Yeah. And people showed up. And I, I do want to give a, a quick shout out to Trifusion who shows up ready to race or help every single time. Yeah. Their members show up ready to either volunteer their time or just race. I remember Ronnie Crenshaw, always, always love oh, to yeah. see that guy, shows up. How can I help? Fortunately for us on that day. Could you race? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and it was great to see him. I mean, they they blasted everybody. They did a great job. Trevor Blood won it, I think. Good competitor, Ronnie. Yeah. He beat Ronnie by eight seconds. Oh, it I was think. close. It was, yeah, that was a sprint finish in a triathlon. That and was actually really close. Had there been two laps around the lake, 
Ronnie would have won it. I think it would have been, yeah. I think Ronnie's training for longer distances. He was picking them off slowly but yeah. surely. But no, that was it was and it was fun, you know. It, so it went from a very listen to my review last year. Absolutely. And, that I think it'll be this a, year. Yeah, it, it'll be a very funny highlight reel to go back to Rage Taking Over Mark Mark Smash to whatever I'm gonna title this show. So it's uh, it, it was funny. It was so, good. It was a good race. Yeah, it was good. Um other than that race season is in uh I'd consider full swing. I've Absolutely. been I've been straddling my top tube. I can't recall. Rec- oh my god, I haven't been keeping track of how many start lines. Shit, I got to do that. You're pretty close. You're at five, six. No, I'm more than that. I think now, but uh, I'm getting up there. So, um, and you know, and we talked a little bit about it in the last show about the concept of the weeknight races killing weekend racing. Mm-hmm. But it's been actually, I'm enjoying the weeknight racing, and I'm sorry to my friend Ted for you know saying that because he's he's trying to promote weekend racing. Um, you know, get some results. It's been fun, uh, but I do have to say I cramped in a, in a race for the first time in my life last mm-hmm. week. I have never. Been, I was in a full sprint, and my calf just went rock hard. Mm-hmm. I, I've never had that happen in my life. At least you stayed upright. Holy shit! It hurt. Yeah, I was sprinting for you know. There was a break of about five guys up the road, and I was sprinting for sixth place. I think you know, and I'm just going, going, going. I felt this ping. Jesus, and I just—I had to coast. I had to—I I was pointing my toe down like Davis Finney used to pedal in the old days. It—I—I I was like, if if I don't keep moving, I'm screwed. I had to take that. I had to try to get that foot out of the pedal so I could still pedal with one leg, or I had to tipped over. Oh yeah, has that ever happened to you? Not, not during the race. Like afterwards, like maybe I'll go to stretch my leg or or like you know flex it or something and. Afterwards, and it's a uh, solid shit. pain. It's a solid pain. I've never had those night cramps. I've never had anything like that. Ever. It hurts. Holy crap. I, I apologize to all the people I call big babies. No, it's not like, uh, you know, it, it's a solid. I think um, when you hear of, I, the, I'm really not trying to be oh. sexist, but when you hear yeah. of like menstrual cramps. <laughs> Um, wow. Oh, shit, if they're like now that. Now I get it. Oh, my God. You think they're like that? They're called cramps. These are cramps. What do you think they're so grumpy uh, Do you about? think the severity is that bad? It could be women are tougher than we are. Holy crap. I think for I, some I women it is. I need to ask my wife. Michelle! Yeah. Michelle, yeah. come here! That's what I'm saying. A cramp is a cramp is oh a cramp. Oh, my God. You think? I mean, well, it could be. I mean, I, I don't know. It's cramp is cramp is cramp. And, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying is it's like you, you'll get it. Honey. Oh, she's on the phone. I have a question for you. What's it? Have you ever had a muscle cramp in your leg? Yeah. Is it the as is a menstrual cramp as bad as a muscle cramp in your leg? Different. It's different. Is it worse? See? It depends. See? Okay. Oh, good God. Okay. That was she was on the phone. I will represent her. She th- <laughs> she said it was different though. She I think it's say- more of a lo- an ache. Like, oh God, that hurts. I don't want to know. I don't. These are these are things that don't concern me. But what I'm saying is, is it hurts. But I think I think women should pretend that it hurts as much as a regular cramp because then they'll get more sympathy. You are now losing every female listener we've ever had. We have female listeners. Both of them, yes. Really? Yes. Well, Michelle doesn't listen. No, my wife doesn't either. No. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, hey, honey, I do a show. Oh, cool. Yeah, good. Just, right, just stay don't, in your little man cave. Stay and in your room clean. and just be quiet. Oh, shut the fuck up. Um, Iron Man Coeur is this weekend. Do we want to chat a little bit about that, or do we want to just blow it? Right well, I think it's been getting shit pressed this year. It is an actual Iron Man. It is, uh, it, from what I understand, deal. it's a big deal. Um, it's been getting really crappy press locally. Um. Crappy as in first time low heard, end? First time I heard about it. First time I heard about it was today when the weather reporter was talking about the forecast for Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I think people are used to it a little bit, and they don't understand exactly what it is. Like It's a big deal. Well, I mean, think about it, though. You, Spokane used to have the U.S. cycling trials, the Olympic cycling trials. Nobody remembers those. Well, But what I'm saying is, is that was there was an two. Olympic team picked in Spokane. Yeah. Back in the day. I mean, they'd fix it so that the people they wanted would get to go. But, oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't exactly a trial, per se. It was more like the Olympic cycling show. But, I mean... Well, if you want a stage, you got to vote automatically. you got to vote, but... That's I mean, why Thurlow got in. Well, i got to vote. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, you got... But the the 
the quarterly and Iron Man, I mean, think about it though. It fills, people are used to it, but nobody really gets it until they see it start. Really? Have you ever seen it start? I've not seen an Iron Man start. I've seen multiple triathlons of iron distance start, but the, not an Iron Man. This is different. Um, I will say if you are up at six thirty in the morning on Saturday, go out or on Sunday. Is it it's a Sunday? Yeah. If you're there on Sunday and you're you're up at six thirty, get out there, walk down to the beach, bring your son, yeah, and it is uh remarkable. It's and you said it's sold it's selling out. Sells out every year. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Every year. And you're looking at like 3,000 athletes. I mean, it's it's really a spectacular. There's a cannon, and um, it's if if you think about it, the best way to explain it is is if you hold a big bundle of spaghetti, right, and you hold it upright, <laughs> so hold it in your in your hands, okay. so it's all in a round, nice thing. Yeah. Then drop it, and it goes tuck, down flat. Okay. That is the amount of space that people are taking up. So you have everybody, <laughs> three thousand people, all upright Fun. on a beach. And then you all lay them down and have them threat. <laughs> so now you need active spaghetti. So active spaghetti in the water. This is uncooked spaghetti, though. Yes, yes. Active spaghetti thrashing on each other for you know the first probably thousand meters. Really, I mean, it is it is actually something to behold. I think I would go out. I would I would love to watch it. Obviously, I spent a lot of time around triathletes throughout the year. Um, it would again reassure me of the fact that I do not want to ever do an iron distance triathlon. It might. I mean, but the the start is remarkable. Really? And you know, having been through the start, I'm glad I did it. You know, but at least I can say, yeah, I was there. I was in that. And wow, it's cool. Yeah, it's 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 honestly way cooler looking than you think. I think the uh, floating start at Kona, they do a floating start. Everybody's in the water. Oh, so you s- oh okay. You start okay. in the water behind a line. Gotcha. And and that's cool, but that's not as it's cool It's not as the this. carnage. Oh, it's just This raw. is kind of the NASCAR fan can come out and say, I just won't see people crash. It's the NASCAR fan would go, holy shit, that's unsafe. Jeez, <laughs> Christ. They, I, that's, are stupid. that's the dumbest thing I ever saw. I'm going to go 200 miles an hour and turn left. Uh, what do you do? I turn left at five. Keep turning left. Turn left. What if you got to go right? Well, we don't go right. That's just, that's just <laughs> stupid. That's like your pen. <laughs> shit. So um, what kind of numbers are we talking? Do you know? 3,000 is Holy generally right shit. around there. I think it's 3,000 right okay. in there. It's, it's solid numbers. It's, uh, and, 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 and really the, the beginning, I think, is as good as the end. So either show up at the end. I don't like seeing the guy who wins. It sounds funny, but... Okay, yeah, you went fast, yeah. and, and it's great if you know him or something like that. And, but uh, the guy who comes in last gets a show. Yeah. I mean, it's if you're there at eleven thirty, you know, going to noon, you know, going to twelve twelve at night. I mean, this is because it all ends at midnight. You know, yeah. you've got to be done by midnight. And uh, at, you know, I mean, it it gets high drama at that point, and it is it is. You'd think that the crowd would go away. It becomes electric there. Jesus. And I can't imagine eighteen hours. 17, I think. 17 hours? Well, what time you start? Six? Seven. 
Oh, okay, okay. Seven, Seventeen hours. Yeah. So it's using my advanced math skills. Jesus Christ, Jesus. You know, and to hear those numbers are so freaking out of the through the roof. Triathlon is not is not weakening. I mean, it keeps continuing to grow, and um, as as usual, almost a consistent topic. You know, I think that we bring up on this show is is the fact that how can cycling cash in on this? How can cycling grow in this? And um, is there a method? And um, we have discussed it. And I want to take kind of a look into what option the cyclist has for racing and perhaps where the sport can grow. I have a couple examples of things that are that are on the rise, that are growing, that are potential for where that sport can grow. Because triathlon, there's nothing wrong with triathlon. My God, they've got it figured out. Well, I think one of the things – I disagree that there's nothing wrong with triathlon, and I think this is something that a friend of mine brought up. Well, the sleeveless jerseys with arm warmers is where I start. Always wrong. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's clearly – I mean, why don't you wear your, your um, eyeglasses inside the straps of your helmet too? Um, don't but, uh, just get me started. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is wrong with triathlon is that if you do a triathlon – Nobody knows the difference between a sprint triathlon and an Ironman, and nobody yeah. knows the difference between an Ironman and a marathon. And so, well, I think what happens is people think an iron distance, and I think we've talked about this before, is that oh my god, you did an Ironman, that's amazing, and that's then they think oh you did a sprint distance, well good for you, that's great, way to go, little fella. They don't realize you're going that much faster, and it's well a sprint distance and an Ironman, in my opinion hurt the same because you can't take someone who doesn't i mean well they don't i mean you can't take someone who does an ironman and say okay now win a sprint distance because you you went that much further because you're obviously that strong well i mean yeah. it's like okay well you're really uh you you ran a 46 bloomsday that's yeah. a good time so you're on a 46 minute bloomsday that's a 7.68 mile run yeah um so you, you run Something a 46 like minute bloomsday that's a fast that's a pretty smoking fast time you're on a 46-minute Bloomsday. Okay, now I want you to run a really fast 100-meter dash. Yeah, they're I mean, not going to do it. It's apples and oranges, and one is not easier so than the other. So that's the problem with triathlon? Yes, because I think the prestige you get for simply finishing an Ironman seems to be very substantial versus the prestige of going out and being able to win a weeknight race. You know, any, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's anybody naivete. Who, is I think it saying. is. I do. I think that is one of the things that's hurt, hurting cycling is that cycling's freaking hard. Yeah. I mean, it is bloody hard. And and that is what's wrong with with but but by the same token, yes, Ironman's hard and it's very difficult and it's a, it's quite an accomplishment. But by the same token, it is what it is and simply surviving something I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's the prestige that you want. And, and I guess that may be something wrong with triathlon. And, I, and I'm sorry if I offend anyone, but simply surviving a long distance doesn't make you an athlete. I think it oh, makes you... I think it makes you an athlete, but I, I, I think it's a different type of an athlete. Exactly. You're yeah. the person who... I mean, like, I'm, I'm right at 13 hours for yeah. a, a, an Ironman. That's nothing. That's surviving an Ironman. Now, I've had issues, and I think I could go... Probably an hour faster, pretty easily, but that's an hour. I'm in no danger of qualifying for Kona. I'm in no danger of, you know. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm. I mean, on my best day right now, that what I could think of, eleven hours. You know, right in there. If I train my butt off, eleven hours on the right course, great. You so know, I'm but gonna, that's not fast. I'm going to put you on a spot. Okay. Is cycling harder than triathlon? Uh, pain wise, yes. Really, hands down. And the reason is, is because triathlon. And and that that's the point. When when cycling, when you get dropped in cycling, it sucks. Your race is over. It's over. Yeah, it, you're it's done. It's over. And it's yeah. it's so painful so quickly, so long, and then either you hang on and you get to recover or you don't. Or you're done. And so yeah. as far as it being harder in some ways, yes, it's it's much harder. As far as the monk-like existence and the the nutrition and everything else, I think triathlon is harder. Um, from the elite levels, I think from uh, yeah. a solid like running perspective, it could be considered harder. I don't like the elite triathletes. I'm not bagging on them at all. I think from a, a sheer pain perspective, like focused pain, I don't know if there's anything like cycling. Yeah, I don't know of anything. I don't know of anything like it that I know of. Um, I guess if there was a um, 
stair competition where you ran along the flats and then ran upstairs and then ran slowly on the flats and ran upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and something along those lines, then, okay, fine. But, you know, but I, I think you're comparing not apples and oranges, but apples and persimmons. You are. You are. You, you're ch- no, and that's why I kind of put you on the spot. And, you know, maybe I'm trying to rise up some some audience response here and just get people saying, fuck you, it's harder. You know, mm. I, would like to, I would like to see that because I would like them to say, go race cycling then. Yeah. And, and go, go compete and go, <laughs> easy, it's a crit. Yeah. Because you also have the technical aspect. And I think one of, the, one of the pieces that I think road cyclists could really learn from and um, respect is the amount of skill it takes to ride a mountain bike. Oh, um, I, something yeah, I have I a agree. new appreciation for this year. Um, and, 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 and go, okay, great. You know, you can, you can be a great road cyclist, but if you have no mountain biking skills, myself included, you, you lose so much time on that course. You lose all these things. Oh, yeah. And when you hit the steeps, it's so much more intense than a road hill because you've, you've only got so steep a road hill can go, yeah. but, a, but an off-road hill completely different i find that mountain biking you have to tend to ride within your own race mm-hmm. you can't necessarily respond to attacks as you would in a road race um mm-hmm. if somebody attacks i can go up i can get on the wheel and i can hold it i can try and bridge that gap and hope i recover from that sure. effort I, in a lot of mountain biking i notice it's almost like a time trial effort where you have to ride your own race and excel where you excel because if you don't, you, you just blow up. You end up dying. Well, so, I, I, I would assume triathlon is kind of similar in that where you have to ride at your own pace. You have to know what you're capable of doing. Well, I think that was hysterical in the, the race we did out at uh, Farragut. Um, yeah. You know, it was you, me, Roger, and then there's that other guy and, and a couple other people. And did you drink, by the way? You said Roger. Yeah. Well, we, we left. And uh, hold on. I got a drink. Yep. Yep. And it was you, me, and and Roger and Jesse, and and like you know, I saw you jump onto Roger's wheel, and, yeah. and then and then I thought, oh, here it goes. We're we're gonna make it like four hundred yards, and Roger's gonna go, <laughs> and uh, and so I just sat, I sat back, and and the guy, this guy goes right around me. This is the guy who, who I yeah, beat, the other guy, you know? yeah, he just jumped on there. I thought that was about the funniest thing. So I thought, oh, that's going to sting. Pat's doing one lap. He's got about an hour and a half to, to rest after that. Yeah. And Roger's Roger. Yeah. So that's two, by the way. That is. That's um, a lot. We don't so, have a beer. Um, but uh, so it was kind of funny, though, that I, I, I mean, I, I knew I was on the bike for four hours. So it's like, you guys go. I'm good. You know, whereas, you know, you jump on and try to ride someone else's race, you get crushed. Yeah. And you saw that. Yeah. So, so anyway, my, my point is that the topic tonight, I've been looking up and I've been researching some different types of cycling races, different styles of racing that are kind of on this growth, on this grassroots concept. Unicycle time trialing. Well, no. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip one or two of them here because I, I was looking at them and I was going, yeah, yeah, endurance racing, is it growing? You know, is Fondo considered, is a Fondo considered a race? I don't think a Fondo is a race. I think a Fondo is a, a tour that you ride as fast as you want and you get freaking cookies. And a Fondo also, though, is the, a way to grow the sport. There's it something is. about a it's, Fondo that people love. No, they're, they, they're the self-guided, they're the supported tours, and they're great. I don't consider that a race, though. Correct. But there are stretches and concepts now that they're referring to that are growing into, for example, one called segment racing. For lack of a better term, I'm going to call it segment racing. Sure. Where you have, let's say, for example... You have a set course distance, and I have four hours to complete the course, okay? I don't know what the length is. Four hours to complete the course. And within the course, there are individual segments. There's a hill. There's a long time trial stretch. There is a a loop you might have to do. There's all kinds of stuff. Like There's some roller sections. Each one of those segments is individually timed. Hmm. So consider it like a stage race. But all happening in one day. A lot of Strava all at once. Kind of, yeah, kind of all Strava all at once. And so you put a chip on somebody, a a timing chip on somebody, they go out and they do the course. You can soft pedal between segments as long as you finish in four hours. But, and then if I get to the hill, I can sprint the hill. If I'm a shitty hill climber, I can soft pedal the hill because I know I'm not going to win that stage. They have individual stages and they have overall winners. Hmm. What do you think of that one? I think anything that gets people on their bikes. I think right mountain now, bikes. Mountain bikes are doing it already. It's it's a common thing in mountain biking. I think well, I not think common. it's, it's, it's good. I think it's good. It goes back to my point about triathlon, though. Yeah. Is it sucks to get dropped from the pack, 
And yeah. I think it gets away from there. So it's a different kind of racing. It gets people on their bikes. Definitely positive. Definitely for it. Definitely would try it. Yeah. But it's different. And okay. so, yeah, I mean, definitely a great way to get people on their bikes. Uh, skillful means get them on there. So I, I looked at that one and I thought that one was pretty cool. So I spent a little bit be a more fun t- day. Yeah, it would. And there's that Strava racing where I've known of some people who have said, okay, on Thursday, um, the segment, you know, there's a time trial segment, go out and do it. And then re- post your results to Strava. It's kind of an unofficial race. And oh, a yeah. lot of these races that I looked up, these styles of racing are this unsanctioned type of racing, grassroots, really small, um, Ride at your own risk. Roads are open. Don't be an idiot. You know, and I think people, I think, you know, you hear these cases of people on Strava who are going out and they're, they're flying down to downhill just or, or across a, a, an intersection just to rent, win a Strava segment. It's like, are you shitting me? In fact, I saw online you can EPO your Strava segments and you can include it into this and it'll change your segment on Strava. It's, it's an online thing. You can actually type in your numbers and it'll tweak it for you. So you can lie on Strava. How fabulous. I shit you not. Well, I mean, why do it? Or you get some fucker who goes out there on his motorcycle and, and turns on his Garmin when he's going up a hill. Mm. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's really, are you that petty? Is your dick that small? Yeah. Oh. Oh, sorry. I mean, no, Jesus, I'm, we got two confessions out of Mark tonight. Ah! <laughs> no, um, but no, I mean, it's just. I mean, if you're going to cheat on Strava, go to hell. You know, yeah, I mean, you really need a past to a hobby if you're cheating I'm sorry, on Strava. I'm sorry you didn't make the JV swimming team in high school. Yeah. That just sucks. But, yeah. I mean, quit. Quit. Same douchebag who will ride you into the barriers on a weeknight race because really, really needs that $2 bike shop coupon. I don't know. I mean, I think when you get into a dick measuring contest on a Tuesday night race, sometimes stupid things happen. I'm going to go ahead and... You know, you shouldn't take stupid chances on a Tuesday night race, but sometimes adrenaline goes and <laughs> people do dumb stuff. I'm not going to judge someone for doing a stupid thing. You know? I am. I, mean, I love to judge. I'm I a think, cynic. No, I think well, I'm an optimist. Um, you know, the, the race is always half full. Um, but <laughs> um, I just think, I think, you know, you get into a place where it's called a race and people are going and, you know, they, somebody takes a chance and if they, if they, if it had worked out, it would have been, whoa, that's cool. And instead you're a dick. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, I agree. You shouldn't take stupid chances. You're not going to get your pro contract and you really should think twice. However, if you make one mistake on a Tuesday night race, nor should you be branded. You no, know, yeah, that's true. I'll give you that. But I also think that you should also keep your head about you and not be an asshole. Well, no, I mean, I think if you show up like this, I, this is my Super Bowl, that's yeah. stupid, you know. But if you show up and let's say you, you try hard and you make a mistake, I don't know. I mean, you know, yeah, you shouldn't hurt people, but there's also learning mistakes too. Hopefully you walk up. Like for example, this last Tuesday I went into the sprint and the guy in front of me attacked off to the side and I was, I was starting to attack right at the same time. So basically as he attacked, I was, no, I was half wheeling him by the time he attacked, he swung out and we, we hit wheels. My front wheel was right against his rear wheel and i was going whoa 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 that's hard when it catches too yeah well fortunately he had his skewer facing forward like it should and um i didn't lock up with him yeah i did and i got away after about two seconds of holy shit i'm going oh oh, no i'm free you know and it was like that but i was able to walk up to him afterwards and he was like oh shit you got me in the sprint good job and i said well that was also me bouncing off your rear wheel i said sorry about that man he said no he said i'm glad you kept it up you know and and I think there's a lot of shit that can happen in races where you want to tell somebody to F off, and you kind of do. Hopefully you walk up to him afterwards and say, by the way, that was all adrenaline. I was just trying to say on your left, and I ended up saying on your fucking left, and your shirt's ugly, and your wife's a whore. Yeah. You know, so hopefully you don't do that. But, I mean, mean, adrenaline's adrenaline, and sometimes it happens. I mean, however, you know, yeah, you just – why brand people? I mean, you know, I mean – it, it, but by by the same token, yeah, it's okay to be admonished, but that's a Tuesday night race yeah. issue. I mean, okay. I think that is the problem with cycling. Really? Well, yeah, I mean, we're mean. 
I think it. I think it's a learning curve. But yeah. okay. So my last, my last one I researched today, and I can't believe the the growth this is taking. And I don't know if you knew about it, but uh, gravel racing sounds fabulous. Gravel road racing, gravel grinding, which I, I researched and found out about it. Okay, you're taking a cross bike, cyclocross bike, basically. You're tweaking the position a little bit to make it more on the road side, and you're racing it over various distances on gravel freaking roads. It's brilliant. Okay, listen to this. I stole this copy from this this group. This Big Ring Dirt Road series out of Wichita. By the way, there's got to be a lot of gravel roads in Wichita. I'm not. I'm not in Kansas. I'm not busting balls. And, but holy and shit. hot chicks. And <laughs> I mean, those are the three things: gravel roads, bikes, and hot chicks. That's why I go to Wichita. <laughs> Sorry to the folks in Kansas. We saw Dorothy was from Kansas. I'm serious. I mean, like, I mean, really, Wichita. I bet there's some very pretty farmers' daughters in Wichita. Okay, so gravel road racing series. Cyclocross bikes are recommended, not required. Races held on dirt, gravel, cross, or country roads. Surfaces include, but not limited to, dirt, rocks, mud, gravel, dust, ice, snow, sand, and even pavement. Surfaces are varying, and the terrain will make each race very challenging. The roads are open to traffic and wildlife. Okay, traffic. So they're open to traffic. Each rider is expected to obey all traffic laws and laws of nature. Points awarded to all riders who finish each race. Rider with the highest point at the end of the series, yada, yada, yada. Okay, so we got it. So I've got a couple of their events here. Okay, first one. Um, they're telling you how to get there. It's uh, you got to do five laps of a six-mile lap. That's not bad. Until? No, that's a circuit race. Yeah, until? Until what? Well, we hear about the train. It doesn't. It's not given me any of that. Unfortunately, See, all I'm saying is, is I hear those rules and I think of Ronde Van Pelouse. Yeah. Oh, it's and not. I'm like, some of them got to be epic. Just I'm like, like Ronde Van Pelouse, though, is that? Yeah. Except worse. I mean, yeah. I I don't know of much worse than Ronde Van Pelouse. I well, I just think this is this is actually really cool. Uh, a concept of racing, and it's I'm thinking of getting the cyclocross bike tuned in and trying some of this stuff. I was talking to Frank last week, and he said he built up his gravel bike because when he wants to go out on a quiet, secluded ride, living in the in the metropolitan areas, you're Roads, not going to get it. You're not, not going to get it. Happen. Yeah. So a lot of times you can find some of these areas that you put the bikes in the car and you drive out. And fortunately, you and I are in the situation where... Just get on the bike. Should I can be on gravel and... 15 minutes if I go in a specific direction. I can, from my house, I can be on dirt and gravel and completely isolated in six minutes on a mountain bike. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 10 minutes on a road bike. I need to, perchance, experience my, spread my cyclocross wings a little wider than I have. I haven't really done cyclocross since I was a, a, shit, since a junior. Boy, the pounding, though. Oh, it's awesome, though. I would, I'm, I'm. I'm I like the running. Do it. I like the running. Do you? And this gravel racing to me sounds really epic, and it sounds fun. And I think it's just like, again, it's something that you could ride with a pack because it's like that. But if you get dropped from the pack, you're still in the race. I think. I think it's it's great. I mean, I think it it it, it is everything cycling should be. I mean, it sounds brutal. Yeah, and it should be. You know, and, and there's blood, sweat, and tears. That's what cycling is. I mean, I don't care if you're road, mountain, or, or even a tourist. I mean, there's the reason people do it is because you're out there, and it gets really hard sometimes, and it really sucks, and sometimes yeah. it's awesome. So with, okay, we can both agree that the Fondo is highly marketable. It's obviously something that's working. I don't consider it racing. No, not at all. Um we can all agree, we can both agree that road cycling is not 100% marketable because of the learning curve involved. The skill level is very difficult to, to, to get there. Mountain biking, I think, has it because I think you can get a little bit of that there. I think cyclocross could have it, but it's just, I think, the time of the year. People don't think about riding their bikes in October or November. Cyclocross is awesome. Um, it's just so tough. Do you think this gravel or these uh, these segment styles of, of racing are something that could be marketable? Is that something that you could see people getting into? Marketable, yes. As a, I, I see it as you know, remember the show we had where it was game sport, yeah, uh, yeah, contest or game I, I sport or activity or something, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. I think it's an activity. competition, game sport competition. I think it's a competition. I don't think it's a sport. I don't think okay. you. I, I think it's a competition. It's like 
yeah, cool. You'll you'll bring home a medal of some sort. Okay. And yeah. You know, I mean, really? that's that's where I see it as segment racing. I just don't see it as that interesting. Or wow, yeah, here comes Pat Bulger. He's on to the loop section. I mean, who gives a crap? Um, well, you know, it's not spectacular to watch. Pack racing is spectacular to watch. Okay. Um, triathlon is spectacular to watch because it's a race start to finish. You know, here's Pat. Oh, he's soft pedaling here. You yeah. know, I mean, who cares? I mean, that's great for a competition, and I hope it's marketable, and I hope people go and, and eat their bagels and enjoy their, their, their free Gatorade. But I don't think it's the same as a race. And, it, and people like races. I disagree with you, but I, that's okay. Well, I mean, it's fine if you were right. I would agree with you. Too. Well, I think it's still. I think it's a full-on race, and I think that you know, it's you know, I think the race across America, endurance racing, is a race. It's, That's a race, you know. And so I think this gravel stuff is gravel racing. is a race. And oh, okay, what what are you talking about? That's not the a race. Segment racing. Well, the segment racing. That's a competition. I, I God, mean, it's so hard, you know. And, and I think, gravel racing is a race. I think this. I think this segment thing could be something where it could turn into something pretty cool. Where you've got, I mean, your segments are going to have to be brutal. I mean, and I think in a mountain bike race is really where it could apply well, and that's obviously where it's succeeding. I, 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 I don't know though. I mean, I'm just going from something that you could market as a race to go. Oh, Pat's on the loop section now, and everybody finishes at four hours. So well, I'm not talking winner. about press coverage, but I'm saying as a sport. You're saying as a sport, like okay. You know the Mariners win five to four, which we've agreed that's a game. So, oh, shit, um, yeah. so let's say you know we we end up in certain sports or whatever. Soccer, I think, is a sport. So you know the yeah. Sounders win three to two. So they win three to two. That's a sport. You know, um, you know they don't play four hours and all finish at the same spot. They're all finishing within four hours, and then you go back and and tally up the points. Everybody's a winner in that race. That's uh, to me. Yeah, you won the loop, but you didn't win the climb. And so you won that stage. It's just like gymnastics. I mean, to me, oh. in particular, I just don't see it. Okay, you won don't the bars. Don't get me bars. started on I know, but you won the bars. I think those are athletes. I just think it's a game or a competition. Really. Yeah. You know, I think those are athletes. I think you'd have to be athletic to win it. I don't think you could show up and, and not train to win it. I think it's a competition, but it's not a sport. It's not. Okay. To me, sport is a marathon. You start, you finish. Okay, so it's got to be all in one. Well, or something like that. I mean, so the Tour de France is a competition, not in the least. You, <laughs> you your start, balls. you start, you finish. It's all on time. You start, you finish twenty three days long. Though. Correct. No. Yeah, okay. Well, because people have to sleep. The problem is, <laughs> um, the problem is, Pat. For twenty three days, you can't stay awake. And it would be no. really boring if you didn't have the epic days. Oh, God. Oh, God. So everybody yeah. starts and finishes the same day. Can you imagine if the Tour de France was all just go? Oh, Jesus. Um, that would be the most boring race ever. It would. It would. It'd be like 17 It'd days. It'd be like a Stephen King novel. You'd just see people dying. What happened? Well, they didn't and if have you, to shoot him. Yeah, if you fall off your bike. Himself. If you fall off your bike. Yeah, exactly. Fuck it. Boom. Yeah, exactly. You, Jesus. Can't, you can't fire me. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shooting myself, bitch. Um, I have to say that I did just finish, and this is way off topic, but I did just finish Paul Kimmage's book, uh, A Rough Ride. And I finished it today. I don't know if you've had a chance to read that one. I read Tyler's book condoms, last year. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, rough, rough ride. ride. Rough ride. <laughs> Like, I don't have a Paul Kimmage accent, you know, to be able to do it. It's a rough ride. <laughs> so I was rolling it down, and then the next thing I knew is I was in so and out. So here I was. Out, and then here I was, and then, and then I was in the... They in got the, tight, and they hurt. I was in the, I was in the yeah, pub. I don't know what I'm saying. I was in the pub, and then it was. It was just one of those... And times. I hate to bash Paul Kimmage, because it is. It is. it was a book before its time. And uh, and this was a, a revised edition, and um, he included some things after the book was released. And I strongly recommend everybody read it. And I, you know what? I don't get it in audio. Read the book, and it's it's a sit down kind of a thing. And you could you could put it down and come back to it and stuff like that. If you if you experience sports cycling, and if you're concerned about where it's headed, like I, for example, am, which I'll get to in the rant. Um, 
It's a good book. It's a good read. Uh huh. Um, and speaking of books, I, I, do we have enough time to touch base on the book? I think you we talked should next show. Okay, but I think we could we could preview it. Yeah, well, because you just kind of hinted to me today. Oh, by the way, I think we should touch base on. I think we need a nutrition show. Any show that drinks beer needs a nutrition segment. <laughs> and, um, yeah, jeez, hey, it's oh, it's a craft beer tonight, though. We filled the growler with uh, Manny's as as regional. Been, yeah, yeah, regional it's beer. been Manny's quite a bit lately, hasn't it's it? Tasty beer. Um, but, uh, no, I think the, the book, uh, we'd like to touch upon and everybody's talking about uh, Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil. I mean, it's, oh, it's mainstream. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the reason I say that is it's very mainstream and that's sugar, salt, and fat. Salt, sugar, fat by oh, Michael yeah. Moss. Salt, sugar, by Michael fat. Moss. Excuse me. Yeah. And uh, it's unreal. Um, it's scary. I just, I just copied and pasted a little blurb here. Um, Pulitzer Prize winning investigative reporter, the New York Times comes to the explosive story of the rise of the processed food industry and its link to the emerging obesity epidemic. He reveals how companies use salt, sugar, and fat to addict us and more important, how we can fight back. Um, holy crap. I mean, it talks about this whole concept where he's, uh, Moss is talking about all uh, talking to these companies, providing a, a information to them, and they're blowing it off mm-hmm. more or less, saying, "Well, why are you telling? You're telling us we have a successful business model. We have them wanting our our product, um, and why would I ever stray from that? Not knowing, well, not, I think clearly knowing the obesity epidemic. My question is, and I want to get into this, and I'd love to have a, some sort of a nutritionist or a dietitian in on the show where we're able to talk to them about at what point do we take responsibility? I would f- go the other way. You would go to what way? I would like someone who advocates for the other side. Well, I don't think you're going to get that. I think we could. Really? Why don't we call? Yeah, it's not worth calling. I mean, it's not worth yeah, Why don't we call the shot? But what I, about, what's I, wrong with calling craft? I want to know when do we when do we take responsibility for our own pudge? I I wonder about that, and and I, I that's that's why I wanted to talk about this show, yeah. this on the show, because when do we take responsibility for our own pudge? Okay, when everything that's available to us is not made to make us pudgy. How about when you when you literally um, hold out? All these things, and you call them healthy, and they're not. Oh, how about okay. then? Yeah. You know, how about not hitting the bliss point in sugar, and then saying it's healthy? You know, I mean, doing all these things. I think one of the the biggest things is there's some some really unhealthy things. This is a great brand of uh, nutritional products sometimes, but Kashi, Kashi has a couple of products that are terrible. Really, um, and and it's like. It says, you know. it says here just statistics off of the book saying that each year America, the average American eats 33 pounds of cheese, which is triple what we ate in 1970. Correct. Um, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and 70 pounds of sugar, about 22 teaspoons a day. We ingest 8,500 milligrams of salt a day, double the recommended amount. Mm-hmm. Um, when, but when do, we, when do we as a culture have to... I mean, whose whose fault is it? Is it these manufacturing companies? Is it the consumer for not reading labels and paying attention? I think it's a little both. I mean, and I'd, I'd love to get into that discussion when we have a full hour to talk about something like well, that. Well, I, I agree with you. But one of the things that, that really, like, we, we listen to people who say, I'm a libertarian. Like, I, I want to be left alone by the government, right? We, we hear okay. that all the time. Did they drive to work? The same libertarian. Absolutely, well, yeah. Did they drive to work? Did they use that? Or would you just have everybody take, take their own little path? I mean, you know, that'd be uh, fun. We're, we're a society yeah. and we rely on societal structures. And the structure right now is geared towards subsidizing corn sugar, yeah. subsidizing high fat foods and high salt. We are geared towards profit without any, any yeah. inkling of health. And, and it's like, and the poor people pay the price. I mean, fresh food is it's now the premium. Yeah, it's expensive. Where it's not the processed food is cheap. Shit. You know, so I, I guess I have, I think it's an amazing thing. I think it's amazing thing for nutrition. I think it's everything, you know. I, I mean, it's a great topic, and I think we could relate it to um, 
athletics very well. Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, well, we're going to be honest. I mean, hopefully most of the people who listen to the show, if not all of them, are conscious about what they're doing. You know, if you want to achieve success in any of the sports we talk about, you you got to be paying attention. Yeah, we're drinking beer during our show, but we're going to go out and flog ourselves afterwards. But um, or, or, you know, maybe don't. Don't eat Pringles before the race. What? Oh, oh shit! Diet. There goes my race diet. Yeah. You're ruining my pre-race nutrition, Mark. Oh. Well, there, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm if to you th- listen to the old show, you're going to get that joke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I'm just going. Those are things. So it, it's a good thing we'll have uh, an intelligent conversation about that. It could be good. It could be good. So I guess it's mm-hmm. I, it's been a long time. I sure. think you've handled the last five or six rants. I'm honest. I think you have. I like them. You do, and I, I because I bought the beer tonight. I have a, I have a rant, and as everybody knows, Mark is the uh, lawyer of the group, so he has a tendency to just go unscripted and just let her, let her fly. I am the, uh, the actor of the group, so I need a script in front of me. So I have it here in front of me, and uh, my rant for the night. Okay, uh, so anyway, they say the main reason people create a podcast is due to their constant need for attention or extreme insecurity. Mark just put his hand up in the air. I'm not sure if I qualify for one or the other, but um, I do have to take a second and talk about myself here. Okay, so please don't take this as like I'm patting myself on the back too much. I've been a cyclist for over 30 years. I've raced a lot. I've won my share of races, and I've given um, been given a lot of opportunities to race and train with some of the best in the country, and perhaps even the world. At one point in my life, I seriously contemplated the direction of uh, making my living as a cyclist. I was seriously thinking about it. Would I have been successful? Shit, who knows, okay? Um, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, something got in the way. You see, before it hit the headlines in a far more famous cases than my own, I was hit with a career-altering experience. I was living at the uh, U.S. Olympic Training Center at the time, and things started off pretty well. I loved the training and was getting stronger and stronger. This is when I first arrived, and things were going really well. But after about four months, uh, things took a complete U-turn. I struggled to win sprints I had easily taken earlier. My power was down, which I always considered my best forte in riding, and my attitude, obviously, was extremely depressed. It turns out, after leaving the Olympic Training Center for some time just to get home and to gas, uh, that I had a goofy blood disease called Epstein-Barr. Think of it as a kind of chronic fatigue syndrome. Basically took the wind out of my sails for quite some time, and the coaches of the training center, they didn't really want me back. So, uh, folks, I didn't go back. Is this a sob story? No, it's not. Um, My point is this. Epstein-Barr was very likely the best thing to ever happen to me. I went to college, I continued racing, but I didn't really worry if I was in the, in the thick of things anymore. I also discovered that if my original dream had come true, and I, I credit this to just finishing Paul Kimmage's book, if, I, if my dream had come true, if I could have made it, let's say, to the high end of the sport, I would have been faced with some really tough decisions. And I think listeners to this show and followers of the professional cycling world know what those decisions were. I'm not sure if I like where my sport is right now. And that's what my point of talking about alternatives was about tonight. The elite level, that is. I'm not sure that, and I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure that if my son ever shows complete interest in professional cycling that I would try to encourage him. I think I would probably try to sway him away from it right now. It's a hard life, and I truly think that we have a long way to go before this gets any close to better. I'm I'm worried about the sport. I have a problem. The tour starts in a week, and um, half of me's half of me's worried about what's going to happen because um, you look at the press today and you see about people still getting busted, folks. There's a severe problem, and it's not getting fixed. So thank you, Epstein Barr or chronic fatigue offshoot. Because of you, I am still a bike racer, but I am because I choose to. That's my rant for the show. Fuck you, Mark. He's looking at me like he's falling asleep. God damn it, oh, lawyer. You know, it's Epstein Barr. Oh, <laughs> I didn't get it. I thought you were sleeping because of my rant. No, it was beautiful. He was taking a nap because of the no. Epstein Barr got the best I of was him. supporting Epstein Barr. <laughs> 
in the Pack Filler Studios. God damn it, I'm Pat Bolger. I'm Mark Hotz. We'll catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.